Wow, right? Am I right? Wow, so great, so great. Um, my name is Pat Street, and uh, I know a lot of you and have known some of you for a long, long time. Um, I've been a pastor over at the Vineyard Church at Davenport for, gosh, over 20 years. And I always love it when Lee and Wendy go on vacation. I don't know how you feel about that, but I always love it because, you know, typically um, they'll ask if, if I'll come and do one of the messages. And I just love hanging out with you guys. I love your church. Um, I love them. And so anything that, you know, uh, I could ever do to be supportive to them or just whatever. Um, but I get incredibly blessed as well just by being here. So thanks for being here this morning. I know there's all kinds of things you could be doing but you've chosen to do a really good thing. And I think that the worship experience that we just had really uh, was phenomenal and has set the table for everything that God wants to do here this morning. Um, and so this morning's gonna be a little bit maybe different than what you're expecting. I'm not gonna really give a speech or a lecture, that sort of thing. Um, I want to share something with you, and I mean really share something with you that uh, I've been doing almost every day, I mean, at least 350 days out of a year for the last nine years or so. And um, it has truly made a huge difference in my life. You know, um, I've used this when things have been going really good, when I've been really happy and everything's going great, and I've used it then and it's been good. I've used it at times when... I don't know, you know, the days that are just a little boring, kind of normal days, regular days, but, you know, I use it on those days, too. But I especially um, want to share it because there's a lot of other days when things are going really, really terrible. And this, 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 this thing that I'm going to do with you or share with you today, um, man, it's gotten me through some very difficult times, especially in the last couple of years. Um, my dad died in the last couple of years. That was a terrible blow for me. My uh, disabled daughter got breast cancer, um, and so I used this during that time. And then this year, my wife has been going through cancer treatments uh, since January. It's been really, really hard. And you know what? Here's a public service announcement. Women, would you please make sure to get your mammograms every year? Please, don't put it off. I mean, I would be telling a very different story if Jean had skipped her mammogram, honestly it would all have been over. And guys, make the women in your life go, whether it's your mom, your daughters, your spouses, your, your you know, loved ones, girlfriends, whatever. Do it, okay? All right, back to the show. <laughs> so, so anyway, so this thing that I'm going to share with you has gotten me through all of that, certainly for the last nine years. It's been phenomenal, and I've shared it with some of our, our staff and people at the vineyard in Davenport, and many of them have told me the same thing, that they have done this, and it has absolutely kept them steady, kept them faithful, kept them going ever since they've been doing it, okay? And so um, this really is going to be my gift to you. All right? I hope you're able to receive it. Uh, because I assume that you're here today because you want to have an experience with God. I mean, that's why you're here, right? You, you want to encounter God. So that's why you've come together. So this is going to be more of an experience, not so much a sermon, but it's really only going to work if we all participate. And so, you know, I don't know all of you, and you don't, well, more importantly, you don't know me, but all I can say is please trust me. I won't do anything that would embarrass you or, you know, that would be, like, weird, or put anybody on the spot. That's not what this is. Just, you know, just relax. It's going to be okay. 
Um, and so I have a handout for you. And if I could have the ushers just do that thing you do with handouts. Just make sure to take one of these. Please take it home with you. This is the thing that I'm sharing with you today that I have been doing almost daily for nine years that has enriched my relationship with the Lord, but you know, has kept me sane, has, has been like my meds for depression. It's been just um, a lifesaver, literally. And any of you that struggle with depression, you know I mean literally, all right? So um, here, here's what we're going to do. Uh, does everybody have one? Okay. So make sure everybody gets one. We're going to go through this together, and I'm going to kind of talk you through and walk you through. And we will incorporate, I, I know that you've been studying the book of Matthew, and we will incorporate the verses that Lee gave. So Lee, if you're out there watching, you know, I'm going to do it. Don't, don't, don't get all nervous. Uh, we will get to that as part of it, but try not to read too far ahead. I know that's really hard to do. But I think in order for us to really maybe get the most out of this this morning, and I don't usually do this, but I'm going to say, would you please make sure your phones are like on silent and in your pockets and not accessible and stuff? Just Let's just be present in this moment. I, I would appreciate that so much, and I think you will too. So here's the deal. We are going to like say each line of this opening prayer together, okay? After each line, I'm going to ask you just um, take a deep breath in, take a deep breath out, and during that time, really think about what you've just said, okay? So we'll, we'll start there. This is a group prayer. We'll just, we'll just launch right into it. And this is what I do every morning, almost every morning in my life, okay? Here we go. I love you, our Father, and thank you for the rest I've received. Breathe in. Breathe out. And truly thank him for the sleep that you had last night. Okay, let's go on. Fully awaken my body, mind, and heart to you, this new day. Breathe in. Breathe out. Where I am hopeless, bring hope. Go. Bring water. I want you to think, even now, are there areas in your life where you've lost hope? What is it right now where you just can't find hope. Where do you feel hopeless? Asking him to restore hope in that area. Where do you feel like numb? You're just kind of going through the motions. It feels dry. Lord, bring water. Where I am disillusioned, Bring clarity. Where are the areas that you've become cynical? Or you just can't see, you've lost vision, you can't see into the, the future that God has for you. Where are you disillusioned? Fill me with anticipation for the good that you have for me. 
receive the good that God has for you today. Okay? Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, together, prepare us to receive your living word. Implant it within us to take root and bear fruit for this day and all the days to come. Okay. So let's look at the scripture meditation um, for your study of Matthew today. Let's just, what I'd like you to do is read the, read the scripture silently to yourself. Read it through kind of slowly a couple times. I'll give you a minute to do that. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, first question for us today, do I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ? Do I want to? Do I want to follow him? Today, right now, in this moment, not just the decision I made a month ago or 20 years ago, but right now. If any of you wants to be my follower, if so, if your answer is yes, if so, you must. This is strong language, guys. He says, if you want to follow me, you must. Turn away from your selfish ways. Must turn away from selfishness. So ask the Lord, Lord, what are my selfish ways right now? Would you, would you show me where am I unaware? Where am I being selfish now? And you go ahead and just kind of ponder that a little bit. Let me talk a little bit about this. I, I've become more and more aware, I think, and convinced even. It just seems like lately, the past several years, there's been this incredible increase in selfishness in at least the circles or the culture that, that I uh, am exposed to every day, and probably you too. It just seems like there's this hedonism, this self-centeredness that is so much on the rise that really the attitude that has overtaken society seems to be, I'm going to do whatever's best for me. I'm going to look to me first, my family first. Um, whatever makes me happiest, that's how I know what to do. That's self-ish-ness. Um, gosh, I encounter this all the time. My wife, Jean, and I ride our bikes uh, on the Ben Butterworth Parkway every day from our house on Campbell's Island to... Our, uh, the church out on uh, Northwest Davenport. Anyway, we were riding early a couple days ago. It was just uh, barely sunrise, and we were headed out that way. And you know right down by Sylvan Island, like there's a fishing area down there. You know all that, where the bike path is. And so it was kind of darkish, right? We had our lights on. And we come up to this spot, 
and there were large rocks, like this big, you know, some weren't even this big, in across the bike path, like right there, obstacles in it. And so um, it kind of surprised us, of course, it shocked us, and we're like, whoa, what's that? What are those things? It's rocks. Who would put rocks, you know? So we're kind of talking to each other kind of loudly. Um, and also right, sitting right there against the fence was another uh, bicycle that was leaned against the fence, and it still had like his taillight flashing. I kind of looked, and there was a guy down there fishing. Apparently had been there fishing for a little bit. And um, dude was, uh, I, evidently he heard us, and he goes, I didn't do it! <laughs> like, I'm like, well, I'm so, we didn't think that you were. But the thought that came to my mind was, yeah, you didn't do it, but you didn't do anything about it either. I mean, you got here before us, saw this, and didn't do anything about it. And so we moved the rocks away. And I don't like being the hero of my own stories. I don't mean it that way. I'm just saying that, like, that's just normal. It's, to me, it's amazing that people just, in general, were not really thinking of other people uh, very much. And Jesus then says this thing that's the essence of Christianity, the essence of following him. If you want to be my follower, you've got to deny yourself. You've got to turn from that self-centeredness, that me first, that everybody else can just, you know, go wherever. But I, you know, I'm going to take care of myself. And what's best for me? He says, you can't have that if you're going to be my follower. You must turn away. You must deny yourself. And not only that, you must take up your cross and follow me if you want to be my follower. Now, guys, this is such shocking, strong language, and it absolutely shocked the disciples when they heard this. This isn't like, maybe you've heard people say, oh, you know, my rheumatism is just my cross to bear. This isn't that. They wouldn't have thought anything like that. The cross was an instrument of death. I mean, the disciples and Jesus, they saw guys being crucified probably almost every day as they were walking wherever they were. The Romans loved to use this as a deterrent to uh, criminal activity. Take up your electric chair. Take up your noose. Take up the sword that's going to cut your head off. What are you talking about, Jesus? What are you, what are you saying? I think he's saying... It's hard to deny yourself. Sometimes it's going to hurt to turn from selfish ways. It's going to be uncomfortable. I think he's saying much more than that, but he's at least saying that much. Take up your cross. Be willing to die to that self-centeredness daily. Because if you try to hang on to your life, if you think your life is all about getting your way, finding your bliss, you're going to lose it. You're gonna, you won't get any of that. But if you sacrifice yourself for the sake of Jesus, if you give up your life for my sake, then you're going to save it. I mean, this is one of those sayings that probably all Christians have heard and most of us ignore. But I've come to believe that believing in Jesus means believing Jesus. Follow me? Yeah, I'm a believer in Jesus. Do you believe what he said? I think, I think there's a connection. I think you have to believe him if you believe in him. And he's saying this hard thing. Why did he say it? 
When did he say this? Maybe we've heard of it, but like, what is the context here? Is it just some random thing that you kind of maybe put in a song but don't really intend to do? Or maybe you see it on a poster and think other people should obey that? The context of it is on the back of your sheet. Would you look at Matthew 16, 21 on the back? This is powerful, y'all. Matthew 16, 21. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly, that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders and the leading priests and the teachers of religious law, that he would be killed. But on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. But, but Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, this will never happen to you. I think that all of heaven held their breath at that instant. I think that all the angels and all the saints who had gone before and the Father himself was like, what's he going to do? Because this was the great test once again. It's the same test. It's the test that one-third of the angels had failed and become demons. You can read about that in the Bible. It's the test that Adam and Eve had failed in the Garden of Eden. Remember the the serpent? Satan says, you won't die. Nothing bad's going to happen to you. That doesn't make any sense. God wouldn't do that, right? God's tricking you. God's holding out on you. There's got to be an easier way. See, the devil's like, I think you can make your own decision about this. You don't have to... Do what God's saying. You don't really have to obey. This was the same test Jesus faced in the wilderness, right? The devil showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said, you can be king of the world. I'll make you a king. You won't have to die or suffer a bit for it. Do you see the connection? Jesus could have said okay. Or else it wasn't temptation, right? It was real temptation. And here it was again, one more time. He's telling the disciples, I am going to be killed. I am going to suffer. I'm going to die. And they're like, nah. You're the Messiah. You're the victor. You're going to squash your enemies. You you won't die. Surely you will not die. What was he going to say? I mean, it was bad enough when Adam failed the test. Can you imagine when the second, if the second person of the Trinity had failed the test? You think the world's a mess now. What if this was it, guys? This was the moment. Would it be different this time? Would this man trust and obey God? Because see, Jesus knew Psalm 22 was all about him. Look at the back of your page again. He knew the path that it would take for him to become Messiah, King, Savior of the world. He knew the Psalms. He knew that this is what laid ahead for him. It wasn't just he was just going to die. No, he was going to be tortured. That Psalm 22 was about him. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away from me? When I groan for help, I'm a worm. Everybody hates me. They mock me. They... they, uh, Trouble is near. My enemies surround me like a herd of bulls, 
Like lions, they open their jaws against me. My life is poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax melting within me. My strength is dried up. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You've laid me in the dust and left me for dead. This is the crucifixion. This is what he was on his mind when he rebuked Peter and said, Shut up, accuser. I am going to pass this test. My enemies surround me. An evil gang closes to me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. A thousand years before Jesus was born, David wrote this prophetic psalm about what would happen to God's Messiah. They divide my garments among themselves, throw dice from my clothing. That was all on Jesus' mind. When he said, our verse that is key for us today, any of you, wants to be my follower. You must turn from your selfish ways just like me. Not my will, but thine be done. If you're going to follow me, then you've got to follow me. Take up your cross to follow me. He knew that self-denial would hurt. It hurt him tremendously to go through the crucifixion. It might even feel like death when we say no to our selfish ways. It might be like, I've done this my whole life. I'm addicted to it, or I love it, or whatever it happens to be, I don't know. But apparently it's the way of Jesus. It's the path to life. He says, he goes on and says, if you try to hang on to your life, if you live the easy way of, of self-comfort and self-indulgence, you're not going to get the life that you really want. You won't get that at all. But, if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. In other words, if you live your life loving and serving others and trusting my way, even though it feels like it's the opposite of what makes sense and it's the opposite of what the culture's telling you the right way to live is right now, if you believe me enough to trust me in this, you really will get the life that you've always wanted. our meditation on your Matthew scripture. This is the word of the Lord. And you say, thanks be to God. Yeah, we're back to the notes. That's okay. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer as we're wrapping things up here. This is a version of the Lord's Prayer. And I want to say, as we're going into this, um, I use this as a springboard, this whole prayer that I'm giving to you, the, that opening prayer plus this, plus the closing prayer. It's like an outline, and so like what I will do, um, some days, you know, if I'm rushed or if whatever's going on, I just kind of pray it as written, and it still seems to count. Maybe it takes me five, ten minutes. Other days, I can do this for hours and hours because, well, let me show you what I mean here, but it's not going to be hours and hours. So uh, let's, just, let's say the first line, and then I'll explain a little bit. Our Father in heaven... May your name and glory be revealed and evident today. And so, like, what I often do is I'll think, okay, our Father. Our Father. Not just my Father, but I'll think, you know, of my, the members of my immediate family and, and then, you know, my, my, my in-laws and my, you know, birth family. And then I'll think specific people of my church family and, you know, maybe um, 
government officials, uh, maybe the city of Davenport and Moline and, and you know, uh, Mercy Vineyard and the city church and the Davenport Vineyard and, and um, kind of branch out from there. I'll think of all those different people and all of a sudden my whole prayer becomes about everybody like that. Maybe I'm thinking about the, the people we know in Haiti or in Mexico or places, you know, that matter to me, that we've been to or done ministry in. And, and so all of a sudden it's our Father. So Father of all these people. I'm praying for all of these people. and I'm thinking of them and listening for God's direction about this. You know, may your name and your glory um, be revealed and evident to all of us. Show up, Lord. Let us see you. May it be obvious to everybody that I care so much about that how wonderful and how glorious you are. Okay, do you see where I'm kind of going with this? Okay. So it becomes not just about me, but about all the people that I love and care about and all the things that, um, that I think God wants to do in the world. Okay. So let's, let's go on. I won't interrupt like that for a little bit. Okay. May your kingdom and shalom advance throughout the world as throughout the heavens. We look to you to give us what we need. I'd like you to close your eyes right now and think about what you really need. What do you really need? What are your needs today? Okay. And where do you tend to look for those needs to be fulfilled? Are we looking to entertainment to fulfill those needs? Is our, are our needs maybe like uh, social needs or, or feeling like we're part of something or conversation? Is our, is our needs possibly to be encouraged? Or maybe our need is just to be distracted from the pain in the world? Or, or maybe our deep need has to do with just feeling, uh, you know, managing our mood or something like that. And, and, and how are we... How are we trying to get those needs met? What are we doing to meet those needs? And what if we asked instead, Lord, I want today to look to you to give me what I need. And for the people that I care about, that they would get their needs met in you. I look to you to give us what we need. Let's go on. Forgive our sins and cancel our debts. Enable us to do the same for others. Lord, show me where I've run up debts against you and against other people. Where I've taken advantage of people or trespassed on their hearts. Thank you for forgiving me for that, for canceling that debt. Now would you give me the grace to cancel the debts of everybody else? And I'll ask God, show me, who am I holding in debt? Who do I think owes me? Who right now do I think owes me attention or owes me affection or owes me favors or owes me a call back? Or where have I put people in debt? Where do I think they owe me? And out of the mercy that you've shown me, Father, now help me, Holy Spirit, to cancel that debt. To do what you've done for me, to do that for them. 
let go of that debt, to not hold their sins against me, against them. Let's go on. Find us in our weakness. Rescue us from what tempts us. Lord, don't let us get lost in our weaknesses. You know the areas where we struggle. Come and rescue us. Come and find us, Lord. Don't let us just wallow around in the areas that, that we just go to when our, when our energy is low. Find me in my current weakness. Rescue me from the temptation that comes to me when I'm weak. Right? Protect us from all forms of evil and harm. Deliver us from the evil one. You are good you are king, and you are glorious. And this is how it is, and how it always will be. Amen. Amen. And then I'll pick something from Psalms this morning. I've got a couple verses from Psalm 22 that's on the front of your sheet there, because here's the rest of Psalm 22. We talked a minute ago about Jesus' awareness of those first uh, 25 verses of Psalm 22, but he didn't stop there. He knew the whole thing. He knew the end of the story. Didn't mean it wasn't going to be hard going through the story. But he also believed and trusted that the end result would be with it, would be worth it. Psalm 22, verse 25. This is the great prayer of Jesus. This is a Psalm of David. This is a promise to us, I will praise you, O Lord, in the great assembly. I will fulfill my vows in the presence of those who worship you. In other words, God, you're going to make me faithful. The poor will eat and be satisfied because I've denied myself, because I'm willing to sacrifice myself, because I'm looking out for the good of other people. It's going to matter in the world. This is for us too, guys. It matters, it counts, it's worth it. The poor will eat and be satisfied, and all who seek the Lord will praise him. Their hearts will rejoice with everlasting joy, and the whole earth will acknowledge the Lord and return to him. All the families of the nations will bow down before him, for royal power belongs to the Lord, and he rules all the nations. That is the consequence of self-denial. That is the consequence of following the example of Jesus, the salvation of the world. That's why Jesus invites us to follow him, to follow him all the way, right? Not just to follow him to um, Golgotha, to the crucifixion, and stop there. No, he wants us to follow him all the way to Easter, to resurrection, to, the, to life, to ruling and reigning with him for billions and trillions of years. That's the end of the story. And so I want to encourage all of us that, you know, a few short years of life in this realm, this earth, a few short years of unselfishness, of putting others' needs before our own, and I know this is countercultural. I know that this is the actual opposite of everything that all the experts say. I know that. Jesus knew it, too, because they were saying the same thing back then. People haven't changed. But a few short years of following in that way in exchange for this future, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it.
So let's wrap up here with one last question to put to ourselves. The question is, Lord, how can I put self-denial into practice today? What, Lord, what selfish ways right now are you asking me to turn from, even though it will hurt? What are you asking me to do? Because he will never ask you to do something by yourself. He will do it with you. He will empower you to do it. Let's take a minute and really ask. Don't be afraid to ask. And don't be surprised if it's something you don't want to do. Jesus didn't want to get crucified. It feels like that. Lord, what, what's one thing? What selfish way are you inviting me to turn from so that I can have the real life that I'm grasping for by doing this stupid, selfish thing? What is it? Would you give us grace and strength and power by your Holy Spirit? Enable us to do what you're inviting us to do. Let's do our closing prayer together. Almighty and eternal God, so draw my heart to you, so guide my mind, so fill my imagination. So rule over my will and body that I might be completely devoted to you, full of peace and love, strong and pliable for your glory and the good of all, including myself, we ask through Christ. Amen. And for those of you that are watching online, I think there's going to be a link to a PDF where you can have this also in your hands. You, know, you can print it off at home or keep it uh, digital if you'd like to. But I would invite all of you here, just try it, for, try it for a month. Let's go big. Try it for one month. Just use this as a kind of a guide to your prayers and see if it doesn't begin to build in you something deep and something meaningful and something that will carry you through when times get really, really hard, because they will. I think it probably took me about a month, maybe six weeks, before I kind of had the whole thing memorized. And now I just pray it wherever I am, if I'm riding my bike, if I'm driving my car, wherever I am, if I wake up in the middle of the night, anything. Um, it has become the foundation for just a really deep and wonderful time with the Lord. So thank you for participating. Thanks for going on this journey. Um, my prayer really is that it makes a difference like it has for me and for a lot of folks I know.